This is a free download from Delancey Healing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Healing Church building at the Banks in Sampson in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk. Okay, you've got Bibles with you or iPads or iPhones or smartphones or smarter than you, whatever. Uh, John chapter 14. It's about last week and I just want to continue it really. About the Holy Spirit, our helper. I'm just so glad and just so thankful that we've got the, the, the hope and the help of the Holy Spirit. Actually, I've just noticed Pat. Good to see you, Pat. Welcome. Good to see you get back. Isn't it good to see Pat back? <laughs> and happy birthday, was it for yesterday? Happy birthday for yesterday. Oh, happy birthday to you. Okay, John chapter 14. I just want to talk just this just amazing truth that the, the Holy Spirit, our helper, Lots of other names we could have thought about this, but just this word helper just sums up what the Holy Spirit does on our behalf. John chapter 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. If you want to go down a little bit, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, how many glad for that part, uh, all the things that I said to you. Just this picture that the, the Holy Spirit, I, I mentioned it last week, how the Holy Spirit helps us in all kinds of struggles, all kinds of pain, sorrows, all that happens to us in life. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us. Aren't you glad about that? I said last week, and it's the, and I encourage you to read John chapter 14 to John chapter 16, the two chapters where Jesus really teaches about the Holy Spirit uh, and the work, that, the help the Holy Spirit brings. And just read those two chapters. Just keep reading over them. Let them get down inside you. But in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. Isn't that good to know that? Let not your heart be troubled. We're living in a world where people's hearts are, are troubled. People live with great distress and worry and anxiety. Isn't that right? That's the world today. People are, are full of stress. They're full of anxiety. They're full of trouble. And Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. And that's why from, from, from verse 7, throughout the rest of the two chapters, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit because he's there to help you in your troubles in your distress, in your challenges, in your difficulties. He says you don't have to live this life in your own power, in your own ability, in your own strength. I will send you another helper to be with you, to strengthen you, to be with you in those times when things kind of rise against your life. I will send you another comforter. Isn't it right? It's very hard to live a successful life when you're full of anxiety, when you're full of stress and worry, that way, it's very hard to enjoy life when those things are inside you. Is that, is that true? And so Jesus says, there's another way. How many of you have ever, and you probably, you can come across some of the, the richest, 
most successful people in the world, but inside their hearts, they're anxious. They're full of worry. They can't enjoy their life. But Jesus says as Christians, as believers, you don't have to live that way. I will send you a counsellor, a helper, who will be with you forever. He'll be a helper. Isn't that great? My goodness, we should be dancing around the church when we think of that truth. The power, the, the comforter, the helper of the Holy Spirit. That's why I have to believe, you know, after people turn to drugs, they turn to all kinds of, of, of other substances, because deep down, they don't know how to face what they're facing. They don't know how to deal with it. They've got no other resource. They've got no other help. So they begin to look for something else to comfort them and help them in their pain and what they're going through in life. They don't know what to do. But Jesus says, I will send you another helper. Someone who's going to be with you, help you, be all that you need in the things of life, in every area of life. If you read Jesus, he illustrates this because Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is that right? And he says he's upon me to enable me to preach the gospel. He's upon me to give sight to the blind. He's upon me to heal the brokenhearted. He's upon me to set the captives free. He's upon me to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, Jesus was saying, I do what I do because the Holy Spirit enables me to do it. The same Spirit that enabled Jesus to do that is the same Spirit that's upon you and in you. Isn't that wonderful? It's the same spirit. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in you. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit lives and dwells and abides in you. And a lot of Christians, they believe in the Holy Spirit, but they don't realise or recognise the Holy Spirit is there to help them on a day-to-day basis in life. He's there to help you in your workplace. He's there to help you in your marriage. He's there to help you as a parent. He's there to help you in the challenges of life. And often we've lost sight that he's there for us to have a, a day-to-day, daily relationship with him. And we think that's the most exciting thing in the world. That I can have a day-to-day, moment-by-moment experience and relationship with the Holy Spirit who's there to help me. In other words, the Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That word Christ is not Jesus' second name. The word Christ is the anointed one. And what Paul was saying is that I can do all things. That doesn't mean you can do a four-minute marathon. <laughs> is that right? That doesn't mean you can do sort of, you know, do Clive's fitness thing and 
and in two minutes you're suddenly a, a you know, super fit fanatic. But what it means is this, that everything God has called you to do and be, you can do it. By the anointing, by the, the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you can do it. You can become it. You can become it by the power and the anointing and the Holy Spirit living in you. In other words, you are not left this life just to struggle through. I said last time, Jesus says, I will, won't leave you as an orphan. I won't leave you just to struggle through and try and get through life in, as best as you know how, to struggle, to survive, just to kind of get through life, be defeated by the same thing time and time again, never come into the fullness of the life that you know that God's intended you to have. He says there's a different way. Embrace the person of the Holy Spirit and everything you do in life as a parent, as a wife, as a husband, your job situation, the Holy Spirit will enable you to do it. Can you say amen? He will be your helper. Now in that verse, John 14 verse, where was it? Uh, John 14 verse 16, Jesus says, I'll send you a helper. Now that word helper has lots of different meanings in the Greek, I can use that word. And there's different connotations of the word help, and I just wrote down a few. I think it just will encourage us. First thing is, it means a counsellor. It means someone who will counsel you. He's the greatest counsellor you could ever have. If you would just sit and listen, you'll be amazed of how he counsels you. He'll tell you how to handle that situation. What to say to that child what you should do in that job situation. The Holy Spirit will counsel you to be a better husband, better wife, whatever. He will be there to counsel you. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we think, well, surely the Holy Spirit doesn't know about my job situation. How many know he knows more about your job situation than you do? Is that right? Because he is the counsel. He knows everything. He knows all things. And he wants to release into your life some of that wisdom and some of that counsel on how to handle some of the problems, some of the difficulties, some of the situations that rise up in life. We've just got to give him time to listen. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What do I do in that situation? Give me your counsel. And when you do that, guess what he's going to do? Can you say amen? It also means that only a counsellor, it means an intercessor. The Holy Spirit and Jesus, bring your need to the Father. Book of Romans says we don't know how to pray as we should. There's a weakness there. There's a limitation there. We don't know some of the things that we need to pray about. Is that right? We don't know certain things. And, and we pray often in our own natural selves with a limitation, with a limited understanding. But the Holy Spirit, as you pray in the Holy Spirit, enables you to pray the will and the purpose of God for your life. As we learn to, to follow the leading and the directing of the Holy Spirit in prayer, it breaks forth our limitations. It shows you how to pray. It directs you how to pray. Jesus says this, whatever you ask, it shall be done for you. And that word ask means more than, it means your will and God's will become totally intertwined. And so what you're asking for is what the Father's asking for. They're both absolutely connected together as you allow your life to be directed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad he helps you to pray? He enables you to pray. He reveals to you the Father's will. 
I think often in our own minds we were limited about situations. But I found time and time again, as I pray in the Holy Ghost, as I pray in the Holy Spirit, it goes beyond my own natural limitations. It shows me truly how to pray to a situation that I'm not able to understand or know. Here's the good thing. See, he knows what lies in the future. Is that right? And so I think one of the greatest ways to pray is to be led, directed, empowered by the Holy Spirit. To pray at all times in the Spirit. He's our intercessor. Our intercessor. Here's the third one. He's our advocate. He knows how to speak on your behalf. He speaks eloquently on your problem. Now, I think, I think I've told you this before, but, but do you remember I told you the story when I crashed the minibus? Did I ever tell you that story? <laughs> one of my many, one of my many crashes, if you like. Many, I, I actually, I, I turned over a minibus, believe it or not, on the M6, and we was going somewhere. I turned over the, the minibus, and, and what took place actually? The church in the guy who was over that, the guy who was over the minibus, he forgot to MOT it. And so England, if, in England, if you haven't got an MOT, then it's an offence. And this guy forgot to MOT it. So when I took the documents to the police station, he came with me, and then just as I went to go, and he says, by the way, I forgot to MOT it. Now the police weren't going to bother about it, but when they realised there was one offence, they thought, let's add another offence to it. And so I was a little bit annoyed they'd done that. And this guy said, felt so awful that he had not got the MOT covered. He said, I'll tell you what, you can have my solicitor. You can have my barrister. Because he owned, this, uh, he owned a, a, a lorry company, didn't he? He owned this transport company. And so he had this amazing advocate, this amazing lawyer. So when I got to court, this guy was amazing. He was saying, do you know Article 22, verse 6? And he was going on about all these articles. And he was saying... This, this dear pastor here, he was taking some older people on holiday. They'd never had a holiday for years. I, could actually, I think I saw a tear come down the magistrate's eye. As he, was, he, was, he just absolutely painted this amazing picture. And the incredible thing was, at the end of it, they even, the offence really of the MOT, they even sort of, never even pushed, they forgot, they even let me off that one. And so, you know, totally found not guilty. But I thought, how amazing, that guy was amazing. I could never have spoken so eloquently as he did. So it's great to have an advocate, isn't it? And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is your advocate. He speaks on your behalf. Can you say amen? The other name, the other picture of a, of a helper is the word strengthener. He strengthens you. Have you ever been through a situation in your life and wondered how you came through it? Have you ever faced someone and how on earth did I come through that? You know, those of us, and we shared with Karen this morning, who've lost parents. That's a painful thing. I lost both my parents, I think. And that was a painful time. When I look back, how did I come through that? The Holy Spirit was my strength enough. And there are many things that hit our lives. And we wonder, how can we face that? How can we come through that? The good news is, the Holy Spirit is your comforter. I said last time that the word helper is the Greek word parakletos, which means one who comes alongside you. He comes alongside to strengthen you. When you feel weak, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel inadequate, when you feel unable, then the Holy Spirit comes to help you. So here's the thing, how then do I get the Holy Spirit to come into those areas to help me and strengthen me? 
There's a few things that we need to do to, to develop a day-to-day, walk-by-walk, moment-by-moment relationship with the Holy Spirit. What is he? He's your helper. So many want his help. Wouldn't it be crazy if someone's there to help you and you didn't take his help or receive his help? And yet often a lot of Christians live their lives day by day never receiving the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And they wonder why they struggle. Come on, let's embrace. Let's welcome. Let's enable the Holy Spirit to come and help us. Just a few ways that can happen. Here's the first thing. Be conscious of the Holy Spirit every day working in your life. I think I'm talking about this. A God with us lifestyle. That I'm just conscious. I'm just aware that he's with me. And I just develop that consciousness, that that sense, that awareness that the Holy Spirit is with me. I'm not alone in this. He's there. He's with me. I have to develop this conscious awareness that Holy Spirit, you're with me. This decision I need to make, Holy Spirit, direct me. That person I need to talk to, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Let me just also say something, just think about this. The Holy Spirit is your helper, he won't do it all for you, amen? In other words, he won't, he won't say, Holy Spirit, discipline my children for me. Because he'll help you, but he won't do it all for you, amen? You say, Holy Spirit, would you go to that person next door and reveal yourself, reveal Jesus? He'll help you, but he won't do it all for you, amen? But he'll come and he'll strengthen you, but you've got to develop a consciousness of him. Just say, Holy Spirit, I, you know, we acknowledge he's with us. Ever been into, in fact this happened to us not long ago, actually wasn't here, but somewhere else. And you actually went somewhere and the people who invited you went into another room and totally ignored you. Ever been to a place where you've gone and this, woo, this is heavy, this is awkward atmosphere and you're ignored and no one talks to you and you're just standing there thinking, Ooh, so glad I came, not. You know what I mean? Like that feeling, and you, you, you ignore or you, you, you not acknowledge. Sometimes we could have our lives day to day like that. The Holy Spirit needs to be acknowledged. He needs to be welcomed. He needs to be embraced. We need to acknowledge Him and say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. You're here with me in this situation. You say, well, what if I don't fear Him? then that's where faith comes in. We believe he's there, not necessarily because we always feel he's there. In other words, I've had a great day, so the Holy Spirit must be with me. Or, I've had a lousy day, so he can't be there. It's not dependent on our feelings. Sometimes it's by faith that we actually believe he's there. You know what Paul said? He said this, Know ye not that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he says, do you realise it? Do you recognise it? Do you know it deep in your heart that you are a temple that God's Spirit dwells and lives in you? Have you developed a conscious awareness that the Holy Spirit is there 
with you and by faith we say, Holy Spirit, I know you're with me. You said you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. I declare, Holy Spirit, you're with me in this. You're going to strengthen me. You're going to empower me. You're going to give me your counsel. You're going to give me the words that I need. You're going to strengthen me. You're going to help me in this situation. I acknowledge it, I recognise it and by faith I believe you're with me. Amen. And it won't be too long before more and more you begin to be aware of it. You begin to communicate with him. You begin to talk to him. And he begins to talk to you and communicate to you. And that's where it gets really, really exciting. Amen. That's where the Christian life becomes all that it should be. You begin to develop interaction with him. You say, isn't it crazy to talk to the Holy Spirit? How many think, how many have seen people talk to their cars? If you don't work this time, you are going to the scrapping. Whoever said that to your car? Let you go, unless you start this time, that is it. Me and you are finished. You know, you know. How many talk to their dogs? Yeah, okay, you talk. Talk to their cats. Do you, do you talk to their wives, don't we? You know, but, you know, we talk to so many things, but here's the point. We can talk and communicate and interact with the Holy Spirit. I found this Holy Spirit, this relationship, this Spirit working this day by day, the Holy Spirit actually comes as like a, it's like a flow. It comes almost as a flow. It's like this sense that He, 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 he prompts you. And, and he's been beginning to recognise his promptings and his leading. And when he leads and he prompts, it's like a flow. Because Jesus says, out of your innermost being will what flow rivers. And so the Holy Spirit begins to direct us, he leads us, he prompts us, he moves in us. It's like a flow. Our, our simple job is this way, just to learn to flow with the Holy Spirit. And if we would learn to do that, we'd be amazed what kind of amazing life we could live. We just flowed with him and moved with him welcomed him, embraced him, moved with him, we'd be amazed at what God would do with our life. We just yield to that flow. Do you remember when you were young? And you used to, you, I used to do this with our children, actually. There used to be a bridge. Maybe you found a bridge. There's a river under it. And you get, get sticks. Remember the sticks? And you put a stick and see which was the first to get under. Do you remember that? Is that just me and you, Marilyn? I think I only mean you did that, but... And the sticks would just, and you'd just see that these sticks go with the flow. And that's all we are, we're like a stick. There's this Holy Spirit, we jump in your flow. Just direct us, just lead us, just move us. And when you do that, you'll be amazed what He can do. Because the second thing is that we, be, so the first thing is we develop a consciousness of Him with us. The second thing is this we learn to rely and trust Him. We learn to trust him with all kinds of things. We rely on him. See, here's the problem. Sometimes we think we can do it all by ourselves. But the Holy Spirit wants you to help him. He wants you to rely on him. You know what I what one of the things the enemy does? He wants you to focus on your inadequacies. He wants you to focus on what you cannot do. And often, a lot of us live our lives with limitations, because we limit our lives by what we can and cannot do in the natural. And if we can't do it outside of the natural, we don't do it. Because we're limited by what we feel we can do in the natural, in the natural way of things. But I'm glad to tell you today that the Holy Spirit becomes greater and stronger when you face a situation where you can't do it. 
I said last week that the Holy Spirit comes and helps us in our infirmities. And the word, word infirmity means our weaknesses, our inability. So it's when you feel a sense of inability and weakness, that's when the Holy Spirit really kicks in. When you face a situation and you know you can't do it in your own ability and strength, but you know God's led you and called you to do it, that's the time God does work in your life. Can you imagine how limited it will be if we only do what we feel we can do in our own natural ability and strength? Because then it's the point, why would the Holy Spirit be given if you could do it all, amen? There's not one person in this room that can become like Jesus in their own ability and strength and power. Is that right? Not one of us. No matter, you could be the most intellectual person around, but that's not enough to make you like Jesus. None of us can do it in our own ability and power. But that's why the Holy Spirit comes. To help you where you cannot do it. In your own inability, in your own inadequacy, the Holy Spirit enables you to do it. He comes alongside you. How many would think the greatest life of all is to live a life that's way, way beyond yourself? Some of the greatest men of God will tell you that the life they lived was way beyond themselves. They never achieved it because of their own ability or their own talent, but because of the Holy Spirit working in and through them. That caused them to live a life way, way beyond themselves. And that's the life God's called you to live. A life that's way beyond you. That's way beyond what you could do in the natural. That's way beyond what you could do in your own strength and your own talent. It's a life way, way beyond you. But we need to let the Holy Spirit come. Work and move and give us that life. Can you say amen? He's there to help us. To be there with us. To to work and move through our life. I think the Holy Spirit is the greatest friend you could ever have. The greatest friend you could ever hope for. If you've got a friend, you acknowledge him. You talk to him. You share with him. You know, we say something probably quite regularly sometimes. The grace. How many say the grace? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God and what? The communion with the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul says, when I think of Jesus, I think of grace. When I think of the Father, I think of love. When I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of fellowship and communion and talking and being with him. So if he's a friend, we spend time with him. If he's a friend, then you don't do things that hurt him or offend him, is that right? Because he is a friend, an, an amazing friend who will be there when you feel weak. He's going to make the difference. Sometimes you need to find a place where you're going to spend time with your friend and say, Holy Spirit, just speak to me. Just show me. Just reveal yourself to me. Just find somewhere quiet. Get alone with him. Commune with him. And you'll be amazed at things he begins to reveal, the things he begins to do, the things he begins to show your life. And your life becomes exciting. He'll show you people who you should phone, people maybe you should write a card to, people you should give a gift to, people you should bless in some way. Suddenly, people you should pray for. And the whole Christian life becomes an adventure, amen. If we haven't got that, you know what else we've If we haven't got that, you know what we've got? We've got religion. 
Paul warned the Galatian church, the biggest issue you have, he says, is that you could go back into religion. You began in the spirit, but you've gone back into the flesh. You've gone back into religion. You've gone back into doing it in your own power, your own strength, your own ability, depending on other things rather than me. You've lost that ability to walk and move and let the Holy Spirit move in your life. And once the Holy Spirit is not really in that place of communion, then the biggest danger for every one of us today is that we just become religious. We just become religious. It's based on works, based on what we can do in our own power, in our own strength. Very quickly, there's a last thing. We walk with the Holy Spirit. We walk with Him. Let me give you one verse. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. If I'm not walking in the Spirit, then I walk in the flesh. I walk by the power of my own ability and strengths. And Paul says, if you walk in the flesh, what happens is you end up living a life under condemnation. You feel condemned. You feel whatever you do is never good enough. You feel constantly guilty and condemned when you live a life of the flesh. And the only way you overcome the flesh is not by scenario of, of becoming you know, self-discipline. It's by walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, then you won't walk in the flesh. It's one or the other. I'm either in the flesh or I'm in the Spirit. One or the other. How many would rather walk in the Spirit? Amen? You can't have both. It's either one or the other. There's no middle ground. You're either walking in the flesh or you're walking in the Spirit. You know what? You can call someone a meathead and be spiritual about it. The word meat in the Greek is the word carnal. 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 So when the Bible says don't be carnally minded, it's actually saying don't be a meathead. Every time I become carnally minded, actually, I become a meathead. Rather than walking in the Spirit. Let me quickly show you what it means to walk in the Spirit. Here's the first thing. It means to walk in a holy lifestyle. The Holy Spirit is what is holy, is that right? Which means what I watch on TV, my conversations, what I do in my life. To walk in the Holy Spirit means to be committed to a holy lifestyle. That doesn't mean all kind of legalistic ways and means. Simply it means to live in purity and to be like Jesus. Amen? That's what a holy life is. It's to be like Jesus. And the more like Jesus I am, the more that works in me. See, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, he can be grieved. We can grieve him. We can grieve him when we love the world more than him. We can grieve him when we get greater joy from other things rather than the Holy Spirit. When we live in unbelief, when we live in disobedience, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And how many say, I don't want to grieve my friend. I want to live and walk in a way that pleases him. 
Actually, that's the key, actually, for sustaining else. is to live your life daily and say, Holy Spirit, I want my life to please you. Through the words I say, through the way I live my life, through the things I watch, I want to please you. That's the ultimate desire of my heart, to please you. And I tell you what, that becomes your walk, then the Spirit of God's going to come right alongside you. Amen. He loves being around that kind of attitude. I think the second thing, it's a walk of grace. A walk of grace. You embrace grace. You're not trusting in your own abilities, in your own resources. You actually are trusting in what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. Can you say amen? And grace is God's power and presence working in our lives doing something for us that we don't earn or deserve. It's unmerited favour. It's God doing what we could not do ourselves. That's the amazing thing by the Christian life. We're not limited by, by ourselves, by, by what we do in our own strength. The grace is God empowering you to do what you could not do yourself. Is there something right now you think, I wish I could do that. And you know God's called you to do it. God's led you to do it. Well, grace empowers you to do it. Grace enables you to do what you could not do. And the Holy Spirit works and flows through grace. Paul was saying this, he says, you know what? I've got this thought in my flesh, something that I can't overcome myself. And he says, I've prayed about it three times. And I'm talking about the greatest Christian leader that we have. Paul had a weakness, had an inability, something that he couldn't seem to deal with and conquer. He said, I've got this thorn in the flesh and I can't seem to overcome it. And I've prayed about it three times. And this is what God said to me. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, I rejoiced in him because I realised this, that when I'm weak, I'm strong. Because at my weakest point, the grace of God kicks in. God empowers me. God strengthens me to do what I could not do my own self, my own ability. I think grace also means that actually we become gracious to people. We're not full of judgmental attitudes. We're not judging everybody. We're not trying to pull everybody down. We're full of grace. We realise this, that we, we, have, we are ourselves only got saved by grace. Amen. We are nothing at all without the grace of God. And because we've been saved by grace, we begin to exhibit grace to others. We're not constantly trying to find fault with them. and We're there to graciously show them the love of Jesus. Can you say amen? And the love, of, and I believe walking in the Spirit is walking in grace. The last thing, well, two things, but I'll quickly finish these. To walk in the Spirit means you walk in love. You see, the, the power of the Spirit. Paul says, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. It enables me to love the unlovely. He enables me to go the extra mile. He enables me to love those that you cannot, I could not naturally love. To go, want, to go the extra mile. To do what I could not normally do. That's what God's love does. It empowers you to be the most loving person in the world. You can't really walk in the Spirit and you're full of bitterness, unforgiveness and resentment. You can't do it. If you walk in the Spirit, it's a walk of love. Can you say amen? You just love. You love people. It's a walk of love.
And let me close with this. It's a walk of freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. There there is what? Freedom. You know what freedom is? Freedom is not doing what you want to do. Freedom is doing and having the ability to do all that God has called you to do. That's true liberty, that's true freedom. Ask yourself this question right now. If that issue, if that problem, if that struggle in my life wasn't there, what could I do for God? What is it right now that you look at your life is holding you back from being all that you know God called you to be? What is that bondage? What is that thing that, that, that hinders you, that, that prevents you from going into that place God has called you to be? That's the very thing that the Holy Spirit wants to liberate you from. How many found that when his presence is there, that there is this incredible sense of, you're just free. Free to be all that God wants you to be. Free to be transparent. To just be transparent, to be who you really are, the real you. Free. How many love freedom in the Holy Spirit? Free to raise your hands. If God so leads, free to dance around the church. Amen, if that's the way it is. But there's a freedom there. What's the biggest issue? Often we are self-conscious rather than God-conscious. Self-conscious means we're we're conscious of what other people think about us. God-conscious means we're more interested in what God looks at us, what God sees, rather than what people see. Can you say amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. There there is freedom. How many are glad for the person of the Holy Spirit? Let's just bow our heads right now in these moments. I don't know what your life, what your situation is, but the Holy Spirit is the great helper, the great enabler, the strengthener, the comforter, the one who stands by your side, your backup, the one who has your back, if I use that word. And that's why Jesus said, it's to your advantage I go away, because if I don't go away, then he can't come. And the Holy Spirit is the most amazing person And I'm just saying this morning, I'm just talking about you having a day-to-day, daily relationship with him. And if we develop that, it would just change our life. We would live a life that is the only life that God has called us to live, a life that is empowered, strengthened, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that I'm sending him to you is coming and he'll be to me, he'll be to you all that I am to you. But he'll be greater because he won't be with you, he'll be in you. Hallelujah. Just welcome him right now. Just welcome the Holy Spirit now. And this is what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to reveal Jesus. He comes to show you your need of Jesus. He comes to glorify Jesus. He comes to lift Jesus high. He comes, 
He comes to make Jesus a reality to the human heart. That Jesus becomes very, very real to your heart. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. And today you say, I just want to know, I'd love to come to know Jesus. I'd love to have a personal relationship with Jesus. He's the one that died for you. The one that gave himself to you. And he's the one the Holy Spirit comes to reveal today. He comes to reveal Jesus. So I just want to pray a prayer. If you don't know Jesus, then you just pray this prayer with me from your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And I invite you into my heart now to be my Lord and Saviour. I recognise that I've sinned against you and I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you now to, to cleanse me by your precious blood. I invite you to my heart. Come and change me. Come and transform my Come and transform my life, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. If you pray that prayer, we'd love to speak with you after this service and give you some literature to help you on your walk. So make sure you, you don't leave from that room if that's you today. Maybe in these moments, let's all stand right now in these moments. I was going to spend a few moments just in your own heart, just welcoming the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, you know, there's not one person in this room that doesn't need the Holy Spirit, is that right? Not one of us. Every one of us needs his help day to day on a daily basis. In fact, I don't know how you live without him. I don't know how the world lives without Jesus. I don't know how people do it without him. But I'm so glad he's been made available, the helper, the strengthener. And just spend a few moments in your own heart and say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. I need you in that situation right there. I need your help. I need your ability. I need your power. I need you. I can't do it without you. I need you, Holy Spirit. Be my helper. Be my strengthener. Be my comforter. Be all that I need in, this, in, in these days ahead, I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delancey.co.uk.